0: Hey everybody, thanks for joining us today. I hope you are having an absolutely amazing day and if you're in a moment where your life is struggling and you're not sure which way to go you've come to the right place. Thank you once again for joining us and I hope today's message will speak to you. I hope that you truly hear the word of God speaking to you and what his calling is on your life. God bless. Let's go. Well, good morning everybody. It's great to see you here today on this Sunday morning. What a beautiful day. I love to get out and about on days like this. And I was thinking the other day about a time last summer when we went to Sylvan Lake for the day. And I don't know how many of you have ever been out there and seen all the signs that say no jumping off the rocks, fines will be administered, whatever the case may be. But so... Our son Devin and I, we were out kayaking around the lake, and we decided to climb up the big rock that sits in the middle of the lake. And as we were starting to do this, um, Devin had gone up the backside, so I had no idea where he was, and I was trying to climb up the front face off the kayak, and I got up a ways. And I stopped and I had nowhere to go. And suddenly I started hearing these people chanting from the beach and encouraging me. So I just kept on going and I got up really high up on the rock. And as I looked down and it looked as though there were ants swimming in the lake because everybody looked so small. And my whole intent was is that I was going to jump off. And I, I was a little afraid. I was nervous. I was scared. But pretty soon from the beach... I could hear people start to gasp and I realized it was because Devin was like 30 feet higher up above me and he was up there and he was going to jump too. And so pretty soon the people from the beach, they started to chant, go jump, 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 jump. So I gathered up all my courage that I had and I leapt from the side of the rock and I plunged into the water. And as I came up, the people cheered. And now this process ensued and it continued as Devin was up on the rock and pretty soon he got the courage and he jumped as well and everybody went crazy. See, it was a pretty poor decision on our parts that day, but we were able to accomplish this scary task because we had people who encouraged us. And oftentimes I really believe that's all it takes to get through the next step is to have somebody to encourage you. Have any of you ever had a gym membership, maybe a gym membership that you didn't use? I must admit, I've had a gym membership before and I failed miserably, but you know, what it made it easier for me when I had that membership and I wanted to go or I didn't want to go is that when I had somebody who called me on it, they'd be like, Brad, have you gone to the gym yet today? You know, you paid for that membership, maybe you should actually use it, see when I have accountability, when I have somebody who's committed with me to do difficult things with me, to keep me in check, I tend to do better, whatever that challenge is. And it's realistically those people in our lives that challenge us and they encourage us, sometimes they can be downright annoying. You know, they can be bothersome and they can get away in the way with, of our laziness, of our Tendency to want to sit and do anything, not do anything, but I'm going to tell you something those people, they are needed because, in the end, the results are what we're looking for. In the end, the results are what I was looking for because I want to remind you something every blueprint begins with a vision. See, the question is, is what is your desired outcome? What is your vision? When you look on your life and you say, this is what I want my life to look like, I have to ask you to, and ask yourself, what is your vision? Because without vision, you can't bring those things to reality. You know, I believe that the people that we have in our life are a direct result of how we live our lives. I want you to think about that statement for a moment. Everybody that we have in our lives is a direct result of how we've lived our lives. Think about how your life has evolved. In every stage, the people in your life were probably related to how you were living your life at the time. As I said that message, I had a flashback to when I was in college and maybe some of the poor choices I was making in my life. And the people that were in my life were a direct relationship with how I was living my life at the time. You know, as parents, we try to monitor the people our kids spend time with. We hope that by doing that, we can influence how they live their lives. The people that surround you, that you surround yourself with, contribute to your commitment to God as well. This is real life stuff, people. Think about it. When you're failing in your walk with Jesus and you feel hopeless, they are the key people that lift you up. They encourage you or they should be there to encourage you. You know, as I look around this room, I see people in this room that encourage me. And I'll tell you what, if I'm ever struggling with my walk, I want to make sure that I have you on speed dial because you are the people that keep me on track. I think about all the times that I've been down with my faith and down and my faith has been low. And I think about those moments when I just need someone to ask me how I'm doing. When you have those people in your life, those that have committed to praying for you and encouraging you and speaking life into you, life is much easier to deal with. But if you don't have those people, I'm going to encourage you today, please build relationships so you can have somebody who can encourage you when times get tough. I'm going to encourage you within this church, join a small group, even on those nights when you don't want to go I remember talking to my mom and I've shared this story with you before. I'd call my mom up and I'd say, Mom, how was church today? And she said, "Well, I didn't go. And I'd ask her, "Well, Mom, why didn't you go to church? Well, I didn't just I just didn't feel like it. I didn't have the energy. But those are the days that we need to find people. We need to find people who would encourage us and lift us up. I'm going to encourage you today to invite a church member member over for dinner or maybe out for an activity because it's those connections that are so important. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I laid out four ways to bring discipleships into our home. And those ways are we need to walk the talk. We need to have natural conversations. We need to set our at-home rhythm. And we need to know our church family So today I want to expand on the last one, knowing your church family. You see, the relationship between the family and the church is a component that may be the most important thing that we really need to understand. You know, we've talked about how important God sees the mortal family and how He's designed a blueprint as to what our families should look like. But there's another family that we have to discuss as we close this series, and that family is the family of God. Or the church. The people in this room or maybe the people that aren't here today, those are our church family and we need each other deeply. See, the church is a family in which Christ is the head. Colossians 1.18 says that He is the head of the body and that body is the church. You know, did you know that you and your family, they actually, you need the church? You know, throughout the past couple of decades, the idea of the church has actually changed. People, specifically Christians, have become a journey of this, I don't need to go to church anymore. It's okay if I miss a weekend or two. I want you to think back, those of you who were here last Christmas Eve when there wasn't even enough room in this sanctuary and people were actually sharing chairs. You know, I know many of the people here that night had other church homes, but others simply don't make it a priority. They just don't go to church except for those few weekends a year. So today I want to give you a couple of reasons why people don't come to church from a survey that was done by the Barna Group recently. Now, when I put these up on the screen, those are going to be some difficult things to see, but I want you to think about them a little bit. So here we go. Four reasons people don't go to church. Number one, people say the church is irrelevant. The leaders are hypocritical and the leaders have experienced too much moral failure, you know, and to some extent, I can't blame this way of thinking. I mean, our culture and our society has really influenced us. But you know, when, a, when tradition takes over vision in a church, the church will become irrelevant. And when you turn on the TV and you see yet another prominent church leader who has fallen to moral failure, it's no wonder people start to feel this way. And if a church is far too judgmental and self-righteous, no one wants to be a part of that either. But there's a difference between pointing fingers at sin and helping people to be free from their sin. See, we're all sinners, but the reality is, is there's no sinner's scale. I'm going to tell you something. My sin, my sin is no different than yours. The book of Mark chapter 2, 13 through 17 illustrates this purpose or this idea just absolutely perfectly. It's at the moment that Jesus calls Levi and he eats with the sinners. Starting with verse 13, it says, Once again Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. See, Jesus sat at the table with sinners in order to lead them to the truth in love. He didn't stand in their yard and shout at them. He didn't talk about them in the town square. He chose that day to lead them. See, so continuing on with the reasons why people don't go to church, people say God is missing in the church. See, people claim they go to church looking for God, but they're having a hard time finding Him. This is a painful reality, but in an age where perception is reality, we can't ignore this thought at all. See, we live in this consumer America, and what I mean is that people shop nonstop. Think about Amazon. I can find anything I'm looking for on Amazon with a click of a button. If I'm sitting at home and I get a great idea about something that we just need for our home. I can just go on my phone in two clicks, three clicks, four clicks, whatever it may be. I can hit order and in two days, the UPS delivery driver will bring it right to my door. You know, it satisfies me and it doesn't even take a lot of work at all. You know, we, the church, we have to teach people how to encounter God, not just to look for Him in the corner of the sanctuary, I'm going to tell you right now, God is not missing from the church. The church has forgotten how to draw God near to them. Number three reason why people don't go to church, legitimate doubt is prohibited. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like if I came to church and I have a doubt and my faith is struggling, I can't do that. This is the church. We're all believers. We can't feel that way. You know, it's difficult to have honest conversations in a lot of churches today. You know, in conservative churches, hard questions and conversations, they're often dismissed. We don't want to talk about those things. In liberal churches, there's often so much ambiguity that questions are actually left unresolved. So actually, we take people nowhere because we don't have those conversations. But tension always comes with questions. But I'm gonna tell you something, Jesus dealt with that as well. Number four, reasons why people don't go to church, they they aren't finding community. Have you ever felt lonely in a crowded place? I mean, like really lonely when you were surrounded by people. I know I have, but I'm gonna tell you something, I've never felt lonely in this church. And by this church, I mean this building, this community Bethel and Rapid, Bethel and Sturgis. I've never felt lonely. And I'm so proud of Bethel that we have that. You know, one of our values, connection is our focus, has really been taken to heart by many of you. Think about it. We are so connected as a church. We celebrate with one another. We support each other when times are tough. Small groups are flourishing in this church and people are getting connected. We are friends and we are family. You know, a recent study reported that the average American only has one close friend. You know, in Barna's research that I referred to earlier, he found that despite a growing epidemic of loneliness, only 10% report going to church to find community. Is that because people think that church is the last place they will find community or find a family? If that's the case, that's tragic. It's sad. A gentleman by the name of Carrie Newoff said, nobody should be able to out-community the local church. See, those are the top reasons why people don't feel the need for church anymore. And these people are Christians. I want to give you three reasons today why we actually do need church and why our families need to belong to the church family. And I want to start by sharing from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25. It says, Not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, we can't give up on meeting together. We can't give up on being connected with one another as a church. So here are three reasons why we need church. Number one, look around for a moment. Look around at this church. Look around at the person sitting next to you. If you had a mirror, I'd ask you to look in the mirror because church is filled with imperfect people. Yes, this is actually the reason why we need the church. Life is hard enough to do on our own. You see, we need each other in the midst of our imperfections to pray for one another. If I am struggling, I don't need you to look at me and throw stones at me. I don't need you to do that. See, the very definition of the word struggle is to make forceful or violent efforts to get free of restraint or constriction. That sounds pretty rough. You know, if I'm struggling, I know I'm struggling. And sometimes it's violent and sometimes it's ugly. And I'm going to tell you what, tears are almost always present when I'm struggling. It's always evident, especially to me and probably to Pastor Nancy as well. Personally, I need a church family who's going to hold my arms up. I need a church family who will guide me in growing my family. I need a church family who's willing to stand in the gap for me when my faith is low or even on those days when my faith is gone. I need a church family who's willing to cut the roof open and drop me in on the lap of Jesus. See, I'm imperfect and you, you are imperfect. And it's time the church embraces the fact that we are imperfect. We need each other because of that fact. And we encourage each other because of it as well. Three reasons why people go to church need to go to church. Why we need church. Number two, we need the church to ignite the passion for worship. We need to be taught the infallible Word of God. We need unrestrained worship. I'm going to ask you a question. When was the last time that worship brought tears to your eyes or made you move in some other way? I absolutely love music festivals. In fact, Pastor Nancy, our relationship, I believe, was built on Christian music festivals. You know, we went just last night, we went to Hills Alive, and I love the music. I love the families with their kids. I often sneak pictures of families with their kids because it's just so beautiful. I love that God always shows up because people aren't afraid to be authentically worship at a concert. They're not afraid to put their hands up. They're not afraid to join the people next to them. Worship is real. You know, we need encouragement to live in righteousness, and these are the things in which the church helps us with. It helps our families. You know, your kids are worshiping and being fed the Word of God each week downstairs. You receive the truth of the Word each week, and we're not going to back down on that. Messages in this church are going to be founded on the truth of the Word. See, the church ignites your passion. Number three, the third reason why we actually do need church, we need church to help us fulfill our calling. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of our core principles that serving is our calling see the church enables our families to unite together to serve the body of christ family is much more than just those who live with us or those of us those in our family that are kin those that are related by blood family as god intends stretches far beyond that See, he created the idea of church so that his people, those he calls sons and daughters, would have connection with him through each other. And the church is vital to life. Think back to the, the first week of this series. If you were here, God created discipleship to happen within the home. See, we messed that up throughout the centuries and we continue to mess it up now. We continue to mess up the fact that discipleship is supposed to happen in our homes. So he created the church to help families fulfill his original blueprint. The church is the most essential part of Christian life, apart from the obvious, which is Jesus, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So today I'm going to have a challenge for you. I challenge you as a church to walk in the calling we have. Revival starts within each individual heart and moves to the heart of the church in which it spreads like wildfire. So we need each other. We need a church family. We need to stay connected. We need to get out of our beds on a Sunday morning when we feel like we just don't want to go to church. We need to schedule our activities on a weekend so that we ensure that church is always a vital part of that activity. Our families need it, and our church family needs to stay connected. So I encourage you today to, to make church a priority, to make connecting with each other a priority. And when we do that, on those days when life gets hard and it's difficult and we just struggle to find truth, when our faith is struggling because we're so low, we'll have someone to call back, fall back on, which is our church family. Let's pray. Gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together as a community of believers. And we thank you that we have such a wonderful church family who encourages us, who builds us up, who is there in those times of struggle and who is there to celebrate in our victories. But today, Lord, the victory is yours because we are believers in Christ and we are here for you. We worship you.